This is what Jesus said. He said, verily, verily, and that would be in our language, surely, surely. If you're from the south, deep south like us, it would be, look at him, look at him. Can you say, man, God don't want you to miss this. Jesus wants you to see this. Verily, verily, surely, surely. Anytime he begins with a surely, surely, he wants you to focus on what he's about to say. It's vitally important. He said a whole lot of things, but he didn't put verily, verily. He's put verily in front of some things. But when he says verily, verily, he's double emphasizing how important it is that we get what he's about to say. Verily, surely, surely, I say unto you, He that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. That is so important in our generation with so many people claiming so many ways to God. Uh, There's only one way to God. Amen. And that is through His Son and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Are are you being, uh, you're you're not being open-minded. You're not being, no, there's no open-minded about this. This is a verily, verily from Christ Himself. But he that entereth by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the porter openeth, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calleth his own sheep by name. That's where it gets so intimate and so personal. And he leadeth them out. And when he putteth forth his own sheep, he goeth before them, and the sheep follow him. For they know his voice. And a stranger they will not follow, but will flee from him, for they know not the voice of strangers. This parable spake Jesus unto them, but but they understood not what things they were which he spake unto them. Then said Jesus unto them again, Verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. All that ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door, and by me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved. And he shall go in and out and find pasture. The thief cometh but to steal and to kill and to destroy, but I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd, and the good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. But he that is a hireling and not the shepherd... Whose own the sheep are not, seeth the wolf coming, and leaveth the sheep. The hireling fleeth, because he's a hireling, he careth not for the sheep. I'm the good shepherd, and know my sheep, and am known of mine. As the Father knoweth me, even so I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. And other sheep have I, which are not of this fold. Them also I must bring, and they shall hear my voice, and they shall be one fold and one shepherd. Praise God. That's occurring right now all around the world. There's some good news about the church, and that is that in South America and Africa, South America and Africa, People are coming to Christ, and the church of Jesus Christ, as described here in Scripture, is growing in an unprecedented way. We have never seen so many people in our world. It's not in America where that's occurring right now. It's in South America and South Africa and Africa in particular. And many Muslims are coming to Christ. It's amazing. And one of the reasons is because Jesus is, there's, there's no way to get missionaries in all the time. We're still praying for the, the, the 
Ammon. I pray for him every single day, at least two times a day. I tied him to the same prayer. I, I got so much things tied to my eating and prayer that, that I'll probably be fasting a lot more. Amen. I, I go get something for my wife to eat when we eat out and bring it to her. And I said, I'll pray the long prayer in a minute. We go ahead and eat because I've tied that prayer, whether it's before or after, not the blessing over the food. I'm talking about I will not eat a meal without praying particular prayers that I've tied to my own daily pattern how many how many eat at least twice a day i'm not going to ask the people to eat four or five times a day for, so just don't don't we're not even going there so at least twice a day i'm going to pray these particular prayers i'm going to pray these particular prayers and when I come to Ammon, I've added him to my... Because one of my prayers is for my son's deliverance. He's had two strokes. He has a blood disorder. Uh, he's going to... Too much iron in the blood produced by his body. Uh, it's a... It's a rare disorder, uh, but he has to have blood drawn uh, twice a month uh, and saline going in so his blood pressure don't drop to get the iron level down. It's supposed to be around 50. It's around 450, and it can damage uh, your internal organs. Your liver can't handle that. Your, 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 there's just so many things. Your heart can't handle that kind of iron in the blood. And if you were anemic, it would be good to have iron. And we all need iron, but we don't need it to the level that his body is producing it. So he's going from problem to problem to problem. And we're praying and praying and praying. And God is still on the throne today. And uh, he's calling on the name of the Lord. And I'm so proud upon, uh, for, of him for doing that today. Amen. Would you just play that? This, this is... This is in a foreign country where, uh, where the real shepherds and literal sheep are being kept. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. We have, we have an unction from the Holy One to know the voice of God. Amen. We have an unction. That's where that scripture is when it says he that's within you is greater than he that's in the world. It's not just talking about power. It's talking about this knowledge of God, this knowledge God has of you and this knowledge that he wants you to have of him. My sheep know my voice, a stranger they will not follow. Now, many false prophets, the Bible said, will go out into the land and deceive many. There's a whole lot of people going to follow false prophets, false teachings. The spirit of Antichrist doth already work. It's not something new. It's going to come into a, a fullness of, of its power and, and its presence when, when the, the, the man of sin, the son of perdition comes. But the spirit that's going to inhabit him had already begun to work before the first generation of Christians had passed. And I love the fact that the Bible said that hereby we know the, the spirit of truth and with spirit of error, hereby we know what is the spirit of Antichrist. Whoever confesses is not that Christ has come in the flesh is antichrist every spirit that confess it can be in it can be heard in a great cathedral looking churchy place but every spirit that confesses not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. It doesn't just mean that a baby was born in Bethlehem who was named Jesus. It means, literally, that God took on flesh. The Bible said, great is the mystery of godliness. God 
was manifest in the flesh. Can you say amen? It is so crucial to the Christian faith that, 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 that every spirit that doesn't acknowledge that Jesus was God incarnate. He wasn't just a great man. He wasn't just a good man. He was God in flesh. Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. Yes, He was a sacrificed Lamb. But before that, He was God incarnate. God in flesh. Thou shalt call His name Jesus, which is a a derivative of the Old Testament Joshua. It's a common name in Israel, but, but he was more than just another in the line of prophets or great heroes of Scripture. Thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sin. He's a deliverer. He's a Savior. But more than that, and he is Messiah. Yeshua HaMashiach. He is the Messiah as well. The Anointed One. He's the Messiah, but He's more than that. What is so crucial to the faith is not just to acknowledge those things. You know, some people hear somebody talking about Jesus and they assume they're one of us. Some people hear somebody say a few words in tongues and we assume their theology is correct. Some people get around somewhere where people are falling out under the power of God and they assume that the message is pure and truthful. And that's a wrong assumption to make in a day when the Bible said, Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits and see if they be of God or not. How do you try a spirit? Well, I just go by how I feel. I just, I'm just so led. No, you need the Word of God. I need the Word of God. Because the devil is good at mimicking. And here's what he does. He, the Bible said it's no marvel if Satan himself... Uh, we think of a devil in a red jumpsuit with a pointy tail and horns. And if, we, if he would manifest that way, I, I, you know, I wouldn't have any problem. I wouldn't have any problem recognizing him. Remember the preacher that told the story of a country church that a friend of his had way up in the hills of Kentucky. And this is telling on me because I'm from Kentucky, so make up for all the times I've tried to nail somebody else. <laughs> Amen. And, and, and he said it was Halloween. And uh, a guy had sent off to Sears Roebuck through the catalog and got one of these Halloween costumes for an adult that was, was the uh, devil face with the horns on it. And he put on his daddy's red pa- long john pajamas that he'd got Christmas for the winter, last Christmas. So he's got on red long johns. He's got on that, that devil mask with the horns on it. And, and he made himself a tail and painted it red out of rope and had a point on the end of it. He run in the church on a Wednesday night and said, I'm the devil and I've come here to take your soul. And everybody run out the side door of the church, preacher included. But one lady was on the other side of the church and he was between her and the door. And she said, please, Mr. Devil, don't hurt me. You know I was always on your side anyway. Now that's just a funny story that used to be told. The devil was in a red jumpsuit and a pitchfork and horns. Everybody could recognize him. But when he comes as an angel of light, one 
growing, very influential religion in America is the Mormon religion. And the founder of that who wrote the Book of Mormon, which they lay beside, and they're very aggressive in their, in their they have some films out that are very evangelistic. They're powerful. They're, they're well acted. They're not campy. They're, they're not even like the Hollywood productions that, that are so over the top. They have no relevance at all to the truth of God. But they're good at what they do. And their founder got the new revelation, which makes up the Book of Mormon extra biblical, another testament of Jesus Christ, which is wrong from the original. And the Bible, our our history tells us in his own words, he said, an angel of light appeared to me and gave me this message. One of the the best-selling books on the New York sellers list a few years ago was, what what was it, Embraced by the Light or Going to the Light? And it's a woman who had a near-death experience and said she went to the light And the light got brighter. And when she got to the light, Jesus spoke to her out of the light. And you know what he said to her? Here's what she said, he said. And people bought them by the tens of thousands. She said that he said, all religions are of God and from God. Whether you're Buddhist, whether you're Muslim, whether you're Christian, whether you're Krishna, everything, all the roads lead to the same God. You know what? Oh, yeah, that's Oprah stuff. You know, has, you know who some people look to for their spiritual guidance? If you're not in the Word of God, if you're not in a Bible-teaching, Bible-believing church, do you know what a lot of people in America, who they look to for spiritual guidance? Oprah Winfrey. She never she, she she has no basis in the Bible for talking about faith period. She's influential. I'm not calling her any bad name. I'm just saying you don't go to Ophrah. You go to the word of God. And even if an angel Now Pentecostals we we need to be especially sensitive to this. Because when when we get when we get in the presence of God and we feel that presence, even when you're feeling an unction, you need to be discerning. I need to be discerning. Beloved, believe not every spirit. Every spirit doesn't come from God. I went to a meeting one time where there was a guy telling people things that only some, some spirit had to know. And there are spirits called familiar spirits. And these are people who absolutely have a relationship with demon spirits. And they have knowledge. God's, it's called the occult. It's forbidden. It's, we're not supposed to. You don't mess with the Ouija boards. You're asking for something in the spirit world and it'll never be God. God doesn't speak that way. God doesn't move that way. That's not the way he communicates with us. I want to know if my boyfriend's going to be true to me and you sit down with the Ouija board and see if something moves it or moves you to move something. You said that's all baloney. It's not all baloney. You can't open yourself to the spirit world like that. 
The reason there's so much voodoo and spiritual blindness and bondage in Haiti is because when, and, and you know what they do? They, they take something to get them in a, in a kind of semi-conscious state to invite. They will chant until they're focused not on the, re, the, the reality here, but on the spirit realm. And they invite evil spirits to come. And believe me, if you, if you give them an invitation, if you give ground to the devil, he's going to come. And we don't, we, we don't do that. Every spirit, every, regardless of how it's framed, every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is antichrist, even if they're talking about Christ. Can you say amen? Even if they're talking about Jesus. Don't mean they're your brother, your sister. Don't mean it's truth and don't mean it's right. It said, but you have an unction, which means a special anointing, a particular anointing, a peculiar anointing. See, the Holy Ghost is not just someone that inspires you and gives you zeal and unction. There's a special anointing. What is that special anointing? It's, it's right there in 1 John. It's anointing to know the truth and to be able to separate it from the error. You know, the Bible said that Satan's power to deceive is so strong that, it, that the very elect, except the days be shortened, during the, the, the very elect could be deceived. In fact, that is the only real power, unless we give him ground, that he has, is the power to deceive. The armor of God is not to defeat some spiritual warrior of darkness that we fight power to power. That's not what it's for. It's to overcome deception. It's to stand against the power of the devil. His power is in his wilds. Say it with the wiles of the devil. Ephesians 6 talks about his wiles. Is anybody here sophisticated enough to ever watch Roadrunner cartoons? Amen. Beep, beep. And, 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 uh, the coyote is already, always trying to find some device to catch him with and kill him with so he can eat him. But he's always one step ahead of him. What is, the, what is the, the name of the coyote? What is his name? Wiley Coyote. Because he's always trying to conceal a trap. But guess what? In the cartoon, it always backfires on him. The roadrunner runs by this anvil from Acme Anvil Company. Can you say, Matt? And, and, and he trips the trip wire and the anvil doesn't fall and the coyote comes along and, and he wants to know why the trap didn't work and he walks under it and guess what? It falls on him. There's a song that's based on an Old Testament principle that says if you dig one ditch, you better dig two. Because one of those ditches is going to be for you. Can you say man? Hallelujah. The devil doesn't want you to perceive and understand the power you have to discern these things. Amen. That's what the Word of God does. Strong meat belongs to them that are of full age. 
that by reason of the exercise of their senses, see, when you grow in the Lord, you have an unction from the Holy One. Amen. You may not know how to theologically argue the point, but you just know that it's wrong. And you don't have to theologically. Once you get that flag, then you can go to the Word and find out. And, and you start searching the Word, you'll see where the, where, the, where the error is. Can you say amen? Every spirit that does not confess that Jesus has come in the flesh, that God took on flesh, great is the mystery of godliness, God was manifest in the flesh, seen of angels. It goes on and on. And it's talking about Jesus becoming incarnate. That's why His name is not only Jesus. His name shall be called Emmanuel. Which being interpreted is what? Who with us? A great anointed man of God. No, God Himself with us. Hallelujah. That's why they rent their clothes. That's why they wanted to put Him on the cross. Our God is one. And what they didn't understand was, it takes three to make up the one. Can you say, man? And Jesus is the second person of the Godhead. Hallelujah. Listen to me. This is vital today. In this day of error, many false prophets shall go out into the land and deceive many. But my sheep, my sheep, my sheep, my sheep, you know who called you to salvation. I know who called me. I, I can't be shaken in that, Brother Sean. And not only do I have the Scriptures, I have a personal experience. I know whom I have believed, Paul said. And it's that knowledge that has been given me by revelation and personal realization. I know whom I have believed. And I am fully persuaded that He is able to keep what I've committed to Him against that day. Amen. When that judgment day comes, <laughs> Hallelujah. I know where I stand. And I stand in my standing. Praise God. Amen. I don't have any fear of, of the judgment to come because I know who Jesus is. I know what He did on the cross for me. I know who He is in me. Can you say man? He's the hope of glory. The, down, the earnest of our inheritance is the Holy Spirit. The down payment on heaven. You know what that means? If God the Father can live in you. And God the Son can live in you. And God the Holy Spirit can live in you. Because of how clean the blood of Jesus has made you. Then I believe you can live in the city. Because gold is not what makes it holy. Pearls are not what makes it holy. You know what makes the city holy? God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You take them out of the city, it's a beautiful city. It's a wondrous city, but it ain't no holy city. Amen. There's nothing holy about pearls. There's nothing holy about amethyst. There's nothing holy about jade. They are Priceless and precious, but they are not holy. But when they're in a city where God sits on the throne, and there's not even a sun to light the city, because the glory shining from the presence of God illuminates the entire city. That's why there's so much transparency in the city. So nothing will, will hide the glory of God from His children and His people. Can you say, man? Hallelujah. 
in the context of knowing truth because of the Spirit of truth guiding you in truth by the Scriptures and by that unction. That's where you find He that's in you. We generally in Pentecostalism, I know, because I love the power of God. I live by the power of God. I believe in the power of God. The Old Testament prophet said, I'm full of power by the Spirit of God. But listen to me carefully. We, we, we didn't even sing power in the blood with one power. We get to singing, there's power, power, wonder-working power, and then we doubled up on it. On the second verse, there's power, power, wonder-working power, and then there's power, power, power. <laughs> amen. And after that, you better clear the aisles. Can you say amen? Get the kids out of the aisles. Lean back. Somebody going to tear off. We were power conscious. We were power focused. So when we read a scripture out of its context that says, greater is he that's in you, we think of the greater power. But when you're dealing with the deceiver, you've got to have more than a consciousness of God's power within you. You've got to have a consciousness of God's truth within you. And that's why Jesus spoke of the Holy Spirit about the power, the dunamis. He said, you shall receive power, dunamis. That means miracle, working, ability, supernatural, power, amen, dunamis, dynamo, dynamite, all about power. But this is beyond dynamo because that's natural. It's beyond dynamite because that's natural. All of this power is supernatural. The devil ain't afraid of dynamite. We had a guy come to our church and boy, we thought we were going to have revival. He came to our church and he preached Oh man, he 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 couldn't he was worse than me. He couldn't stand still. He was on the move. He preached with power and he got people rise, roused up. Didn't didn't know anything more when they left than when they come in. But they were really excited. They were not instructed, but they were excited. Revival takes more than just being excited because excitement can wane after a while. If you don't know something that keeps you excited and keeps you ignited, hallelujah. So he said something like this, and we're talking about power, the natural power. He said, I got my Holy Ghost shotgun loaded with Holy Ghost buckshot. And I'm going to let the devil have it with both barrels. And he kicked. Higher than I can even, you know, lift my arm. He could kick his leg. And everybody said, Woo! And it's okay to be excited when the anointing is flowing. I get excited. But people are not perishing for lack of excitement. Even though there's a lack of excitement among God's people. That's not the reason we're perishing. We're not going into captivity because of lack of excitement and enthusiasm. My people perish for lack of knowledge. And my people go into captivity. They live bound lives for lack of knowledge. But when He, Jesus said, you will receive power after He's come upon you. And you'll be witnesses unto Me. That's the charismata. That is the gifts of the Spirit resident in the Holy Spirit moving Moving mightily. 
But then he talked about the Holy Spirit in another term, and it's vital to defeating the devil. You can't defeat the devil just because you have power. Because this is not a power struggle. This is a truth issue. This is about being deceived or not. Being deceived or not. A woman with power, I've told you about her, and, and, and Brother Hobbs was in the meeting. And if you were not there, I want you to know it. I'll just tell it quickly. She had come to Christ. She had been saved. She had a gift of the Spirit. When she went to pray for you, she would pray and it would, it would hit the need that you had. She spoke in other tongues fluently. She felt restricted from her ministry. Some people are easily deceived because they don't see their ministry as initially to the body of Christ. They see their ministry to the world or to come some worldwide personality. And you've got to be careful of pride and lose the servant heart. I've got so much to say and so little time to say it, I'm not going to get to say it all. But when the Bible said, and you've got to be cautioned about this, he said in the church, the apostle, the prophet, the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, and the teacher, actually pastor and teacher have to overlap. Because if we, if we can't teach where you have some knowledge when you leave, you've got to be armed with knowledge against the devil. You've got to know the truth. And you've got to get it in the right way. Somebody had told somebody how ugly something their haircut was when I walked in when I was bivocational and I walked into the break room and somebody said and they were saying ah you quit criticizing my hair and 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 they wanted to get me in the fray I walked in the door for lunch and they said didn't the Bible say the truth will set you free I said no 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 not in that one phrase. No. John 8, 30 and 31 says, If you continue, it's not just any truth, specific truth. If you continue in my word, you'll know the truth. And you won't just know it up here in your head. Intellectually. You'll know it spiritually. And you'll know it personally as you apply it in your life, experientially. And that truth, known personally, experientially, and by revelation, it will set you free and it will keep you free. Because no deception of the devil will ever be able to separate you from the truth that you know deep down in your heart. Can you say, man, hallelujah. My sheep know my voice. And a stranger, they will not follow. They will not. They will not. If you find yourself part of a cult someday, you never belong to God in the first place. Thank you for the two amens and the hard looks. It's the truth anyway. If you know Him, you'll know His voice because He called you to salvation. You had something on the inside you heard. It wasn't audible necessarily, but you heard. You heard a call. It wasn't just the preacher telling some story about heaven and hell and near misses. And No, no, something got a hold. Oh, something got a hold on you. 
Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. It went beyond the preacher preached the message, but the Holy Ghost spoke to your heart, showed you your lost condition, and told you that Jesus was available and you didn't have to fear. You could be set free and you could be saved. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. She had a husband who had some mental disabilities. He did the best he could for his family. He did the best he could spiritually. He just couldn't go very far. He was limited. And God is gracious to those folks. But she felt like he was holding her back from her aspirations to become this great minister. So she found an evangelist guy. I don't know what his background was, but he and she got together, praying together first. Church in this city failed. The wife of the pastor and his daughter came to our church for six months to have oil and wine poured in the wounds. When the husband started praying with a spiritual lady in the spiritual lady in the church. This is a pastor who had influence in this city. This is a pastor who had impact in this city. This is a pastor who had a good marriage and a good church. But he started praying not with his spouse or with some brother, but he chose a quote-unquote spiritual sister to pray with. Now, right now, there's a red flag. Amen. Amen. There's a big red flag. And the devil, you say, how can these things be? You see, once you begin to move away from truth and compromise truth and get off of the Word of God and get away from the Word of God and just be led by your spiritual leadings because you're overconfident in your leadings without checking out every leading by the Word of God. How do you try a spirit? Number one, the Word of God. It'll always have to, if it, if it violates any tenet, any precept, any part of the Word of God, believe me, it's not of God. Amen. Listen to me carefully, but there's also a sense within you. Strong meat belongs to those that are of full age who by reason of the exercises of their senses. And strong meat comes through the Word. So it's as you grow in the Word that you become more sensitive. Nobody can fool me. I don't care how many people are following somebody. I want to know who they're following. Because if the blind lead the blind, everybody goes in the ditch. It doesn't matter. I've heard people that were so enamored with the preacher that they were following, the teacher they were following. and said, Brother Venable, they were hanging on every word that came out of the preacher. They were not taught too much about the Word of God. But everything that that person was saying. And they, they would justify it by saying, that person, oh, they're that close to God. I thought, I don't care how close you think they are to God. What I care is how accurate are they when they minister God's Word. Do they believe that Jesus has come in the flesh? Are they pointing you to Jesus instead of themselves? Do they teach you to search the Scripture? Paul said, I'm going, to, I'm going to honor the Christians at Berea more than the other places I preach because when you got miracles, some people don't even care about truth anymore. As long as they see something supernatural or feel something supernatural. So he said, I commend 
the Christians at Berea, the Berean Christians. Because after they heard me speak, they went home and searched the Scripture to see if those things that I was saying was true. So he honored them. He said, that's how it ought to be. You don't just take everything that's happening without knowing the truth in the Word of God. And so the Scripture that says, He that's in you is greater, is not about power. Because it's in the context of knowing the Spirit of Antichrist or knowing Jesus Christ, who is the way, the truth, and the life. Hallelujah. We have an unction from the Holy One and knoweth all. All things. So Jesus talked about the Holy Spirit also this way. And this is what's so crucial in the last day. You know why? Because in the last days, what shall be the sign of thy coming? When shall these things be? Jesus answers that question in, in the 24th chapter, I believe it is, of St. Matthew. He's, he begins to answer that direct, distinct question. He says, many false prophets. Come on, this is in the umbrella of religion. This is, this is not atheism. This is in the umbrella of religion. Many false what? Prophets shall come. And deceive many. 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 That's what's so disconcerting to me. This is not just a few people who haven't... Who, this is a, a whole lot of people following after them. They'll deceive many. And because iniquity shall abound, one thing is for sure, they will never bring you close to God. And they will never preach getting right with God. And they'll never preach getting clean before the Lord. They won't preach repentance. The devil don't want you right with God. He wants you to think you're right with God so that you will not respond to the call to get right with God. Amen. He wants you to be so convinced you're saved. We've got a cheap grace today. People are convinced they're saved, but there's no change. They haven't been born from above. They haven't been born again. You come down, they drag some kid down. Don't know God, don't want to know God, but sure don't want to go to hell and want to go to heaven. You want to go to heaven, Johnny? Sure I do. Come on down. Preacher says, do you believe that Jesus died for you and rose from the dead according to the Scripture? He says, I sure do. He said, good, you're saved. Next week, we're going to baptize you in water. I was in a meeting where a preacher gave a testimony of his salvation. He did all that when he was a kid. Grew up in the denomination. Pastored a church of 800 people after Bible college in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Baptized people. Did funerals and weddings and read from the Scripture on Sunday something pertinent and socially relevant. He was in a full gospel businessmen's meeting. Demas Shakarian. You know why he started full gospel businessmen? Because he went to a big convention, big evangelistic meeting, and he saw that there was about three quarters women and one quarter men. And he said, well, according to what I see right here, heaven is not going to be overpopulated with men. That We need to address that. He was spirit-filled. He was spirit-filled. 
He knew there's more to salvation than just reciting something, giving mental assent to something. Amen. Listen, he, he had a guy come down and we used to have a film of it. We showed it one time about our church on the old 16 millimeter projector. And the name of it was the conversion of Colonel Bottomley. He flew sorties in Vietnam. He was a colonel in the United States Air Force. And he, he did not want God, think about God. He did a little bit of praying when he was up there in combat. But, but he never met Jesus. See, that kind of praying won't even get you saved unless you meet the Master. Unless God speak to your heart and call you. But one day, God spoke to his heart. And God called him to salvation. And he heard that voice behind the knocking on the door in his own spirit. Can you say man? And he came to Christ, became a wonderful Christian. And a man who heard his testimony the first time in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, Full Gospel Businessmen's chapter, a man got up out of the back seat. A lot of businessmen dressed very well. In fact, a lady, when I went to Full Gospel Businessmen's, I had on a three-piece vested suit. It was gray I had on a, that was back when the ties were wide. I had on a green shirt, gray, and I had on a, a green and yellow striped tie. I looked like a bumblebee that was strutting his stuff. Can you say, man? I, I, I was dressed up, had my shoes polished, had my Bible and my notebook and a little, little briefcase. And as I was leaving the full gospel businessmen, uh, a lady came up to me, a, a, a lady up in years she wasn't flirting she came up to me and she said you're a successful businessman aren't you and i said i said no i'm a preacher of the gospel of jesus christ she said oh <laughs> amen <laughs> that changes everything it's a preacher here i got a hold of They gave an altar call after he gave his testimony of coming to know christ as his savior and the Lord spoke to a preacher, pastor of a prominent church in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and called him by name to come to know Christ. He said, when I heard Colonel Bottomley talk about coming to Christ, I realized that you, a lot of people have different experiences, but I knew I had never met Jesus. I never heard His voice calling me to anything. I was raised in church, told I was saved, sent to Bible seminary, came out with, with flying colors and pastored a large church for eight years. But today... I'm giving my heart to Jesus Christ. Can you say man? That's the power of the Holy Spirit. That's His office. That's when, when He comes, He won't just give the church liver shivers on Sunday morning. But when He comes, He will convince, which means convict the world of sin and of unrighteousness. Can you say man? And the same time that He is convicting us of our sinfulness and our need for a Savior, He is revealing Christ as the Son of God and the Savior of the world and inviting us to come to Him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So Jesus said of the Holy Spirit, Oh, by the way, He's something else too. He's called the Comforter. And He is the Comforter. Paraclete in the Greek. One who stands in behalf of another. When I think of a Comforter, I think of my great-grandma. My daddy did the same thing. She said, he said it was so cold, they had a fireplace. 
But if you don't sit in front of the fireplace, you're going to freeze to death. It got cold in Kentucky. And when you've got a wood fireplace and a house that doesn't have insulation, you've got to lay like the dog right in front of the fireplace. That's why every time you see a dog, he knows where to go in one of those pictures. He's laying in front of the fireplace. Amen. You turn over and then you turn over. And you turn over, you turn over. Just kind of rotisserie yourself. Amen. My daddy was, said he would spend the night with my grandma, his, which was his great-grandma. He said he would spend the night with her. And, and he, would, he, said, he said it was so cold in that bedroom. They had a bed warmer that they had, and they put it over the fire. And then they'd, they'd put some coals in it from the fire. And then they would warm the bed for the kids to jump in. And said she had a, what they call a big feather bed, a big comforter filled with, the, with goose feathers and down. And they would cover up and just try to get their nose out where they could breathe. Said they had a glass of water by the bed. And when they got up in the morning, the glass of water was froze solid. Now, a friend of mine, that, that, that'll make you get up and head for the fireplace. And those big old biscuits and gravy, red hot coffee, get you going in the morning. Amen. We think of the comforter as a great big wooby, a great big blanket. We just wrap ourselves in the Holy Spirit. He's more than that. He is the paraclete, one who stands in behalf of another. And Jesus actually said of him, he said, through him, I will come back to you. And we'll teach on that sometime. But in the day of deception, the last day like it is now, in order to overcome the devil, even in your own personal leadings, because the lady that left her husband, big flag, broke with Scripture. I don't care how many gifts are flowing. I don't care how many people are getting saved. When you leave your husband for another man in the name of ministry, it's wrong. It wasn't just her wrong. It's the people who loved the prophecies she was giving them. And they loved the feelings they were getting when she prayed for them. That where they were willing to accept the error to get the feeling. Pentecostals need to wake up. Pentecostals need to wake up. You could never pull that in certain church circles, dead as they are. They got a Bible that they read. They got a Bible class where they learn. The junk that's been pulled on charismatics and Pentecostals could never be pulled in certain church circles. Because they'd see so many violations of Scripture that they wouldn't even pay any attention to the deception any further than once it started. When a guy pulled out a wallet on television, a blessed wallet, opened it up and Thumb through what he'd done. I, I look, I got a big TV. My son passed it down to me. He, he upgrades and gives me his downgrade. And at that time, his downgrade was a 65-inch television. I could see what was in that wallet on 65-inch TV. He got about $50 worth of ones stuck in there. And I'm going to tell you, I, I find me $50 worth of ones, I'm going to grab it. I'd be happy to have it. But he was implying, you know, because he showed a wallet full of bills. Well, I could see George on there. George Washington, he's on the one. I'm sure you know him. Does anybody know who's on the hundred? 
Who that? Benjamin Franklin. Can I borrow 50 bucks? No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Who's on the 500? Who's on the 1,000? Oh, yeah. It's George. Amen. Anyway, I don't know those people. But he was implying you get the blessed water. Another guy. And I, I mean, I, just, I get it. I don't think they, they lose me right there. Another guy is supposed to have a great healing ministry and be very discerning. He's, he's, got a, he's got a fluorescent cross. Just Star Wars is back out. And the Star Wars glow-in-the-dark swords are here. You hold it up to the light, and that particular plastic polymer, what plastic material absorbs the light. You turn the lights out, and it'll glow in the dark for about 12, 15 minutes. So he had a glow-in-the-dark plastic cross. For an offering, of course. And he said, the devil is going to try to get at you in every way that he can. And he's the prince of darkness. And when you go to sleep, he's going to try to creep in. And you're not aware. He'd quote some scriptures about if you knew what hour the thief come, you would have not let him destroy him. But if you get this cross, put it under your lamp before you go to sleep, you turn it off. You look over, and there's a glowing cross right there. He said, you just go on to sleep because the devil going to look in there, and he's going to see that cross and say, I'm out of here. I'm out of here. I can't go in there. And you know, we're laughing, but there are people buying the crosses. If Pentecostals wouldn't buy the crosses, he couldn't exist. He couldn't be on television with that kind of money that it cost if people wasn't buying the product. There's a guy selling water. He's been selling water for the two decades now. When Johnny Carson was still alive, they called him Randy, a musician, a magician who was who was who was exposing all these crazy things. They got him. You go to the meeting, you fill out a prayer card. What is your, everybody gets a prayer card to fill out. What is your greatest need? What do you need God to do for you? And if you're sick, what is your problem? And what, what do you need to be healed of? And, and he had, they got hearing aids now that are so little, especially if you've got evangelist hair that comes down just over your ear. Amen. That you can't hardly see them. He had a, she had a microphone. A little mic in his ear. His wife was out in the beyond the curtain. Yeah, it was it was pop off. He's still popping off. I know. Anyway, I'm not. A, no, no, I'm not going to be respectful. No, I'm not going to be respectful. That's wrong. And his wife was reading. Janice has a tumor. She wants to be healed. They say it's inoperable. And he's hearing this in his ear. She reads it off the prayer request, playing on people's emotions and people's desperate needs. And, and so he says, because she's telling him, he says, there's a woman here by the name of Janice. You have a tumor. God wants to heal you. Here she comes with hope in her heart. He's going to leave town. He ain't going to follow up. 
He ain't going to be there to see if she lives or dies. And guess who supports? And you know what's worse than that fraud? By the way, when they exposed him, you know what he said? Well, we're just trying to make people feel better and give them some hope. There's nothing wrong in that. It just goes on. Yeah, we could go on and on and on, but it's Pentecostals. It's Pentecostals. It's Pentecostals. It's people that are more focused on power than truth. I taught at the Holy Church of God. I taught the Bible on Sunday morning. We had a church that held 150 with the balcony. Eight people showed up. Eight people. Two of them didn't stay for the morning service. They didn't even stay for the preaching. They just came for the teaching. And every time they came, they gave $100 in the Sunday school offering. And they sent me a personal message. Say, Brother Venable, we come to hear you teach the Word of God. We want to learn. And we want to grow. A lot of people came to get a word from the Lord. Just to get a prophecy. And God moved in the gifts of the Spirit and miracles did occur. But that was not ever the focus of our ministry. It was always Jesus and Him crucified. And it was always the Word of God. And you know that to be true. Amen. So... We'd get in the morning service and 80 or 90 people are there and we would have a Holy Ghost service. And, and whether people went away with knowledge, I'm not sure because they didn't come to learn. They didn't have a teachable spirit. A lot of Pentecostals know more than any pastor, any preacher anywhere. They're led of the Spirit. They just, you know, you know, a lot of Pentecostals. A couple of them say, come tie my bow tie twice. And they think they are God's major prophet to the nations. You can't teach them. You can't teach them. They know it all. They know it all. I want to tell these people, go out and rent a storefront and do your thing. Amen? Just do it. And some of them did it. I'm still doing it. It's hard to teach people that don't have a teachable spirit. That don't want to learn and to grow spiritually you don't grow spiritually by being prophesied over the gifts of the spirit are not to mature you it's to help others it's for the edifying of the church edifying of the church can you say man and it's the church then that is built up that takes the gospel to the world if the church isn't revived we're never going to reach the world for jesus it all starts with us but it doesn't stop with us she married the guy. She kept held, holding meetings, and people went to the meetings, and they got the word of prophecy. The ministry went on evangelistically up into Georgia. And I told you the true story of how when she finally woke up, and I'm glad she woke up, she woke up. She saw it for what it was. And she wanted out of that marriage that God never sanctioned and she wanted out of out of all the all the deception and so she left him and wanted to try to go back and get her life in order and this is the guy that God told her 
to leave her husband and marry so they could have a ministry to impact the world. So he got angry, came to the mobile home that they were living in. She and her son were there. He came with a pistol, and he went to shoot her. The son tried to defend his mama, put his hand up. The bullet went through his son's hand, and then he shot again and shot dead the mama. He got in his van and drove north on Highway 301. The son called the police and the ambulance, and they pulled him over somewhere past the Hillsborough River State Park on Highway 301. And he knew he had to face the reality and the consequences of his sin. And he shot himself. His last act on this planet was to blow his own brains out. And it all started when the Word of God was compromised in the name of being led of the Spirit. So when I preach with such seriousness and sobriety, it's because I've seen too much. I don't play church. I'm a pastor. God has given me authority and understanding of His Word. Can you say, man, there's a lot of things I'm not, but there's one thing that I am. I'm a pastor to the body of Christ. And I know the Word of God. And more than the Word of God, I have had experiences with all of these things that's tripping people up. That's why somebody said to my wife, one of the services, he's talking about me this morning. He's talking to me this morning. That's right. That's exactly right. We're not talking a general message. We're talking specific. God wants you to grow in Him. He wants you to grow to the point. So here's what's so important in a day of such deception. Jesus said when He, Comforter, when He, Paraclete, when He, but when He, the Spirit of truth is come. The Spirit of what? The Spirit of truth is come. He will guide you into all truth. And this goes beyond anything I can say as a pastor teacher. You know what the Bible said? Are you ready for this in closing? This is good. He said, you have no need in 1 John that any man teach you. And yet there's a ministry of teaching. And we're perishing for lack of knowledge. Well, what do you mean? It, it has to go beyond the man. You have to hear God at some point. The Holy Spirit has to begin to verify, in, resonate in your heart. God wants you to know Him. He wants you to know Him well enough to check me out. And anybody else. Hallelujah. He wants you to know Him for yourself. Howbeit, we don't have need that any man in his own ability without the Spirit of truth working in you. Just a man through his intellect, through his theological correctness. We need more than that. We need the Spirit of truth to guide us into His truth. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Howbeit you have no need that any man teach you, for we have an unction from the Holy One, a peculiar, special anointing. We have an unction from the Holy One and know all things. And that's why when, when, when Jesus asked the least theologically astute 
or the least one to articulate his faith was a fisherman by the name of Peter. He was orthodox in his faith, but he couldn't tell you all the stuff that the people in the Sanhedrin could tell you. You were probably a physician. He couldn't articulate it like Dr. Luke. <laughs> Hallelujah. You know, but what he did, he said, Peter, who do men say that I am? Peter, without skipping a beat, said, Thou art the Christ. He said, Some say you're Elijah. Remember we talked about Elijah? Some say you're, you're this. Some say you're that. There's all kinds of speculation about you being this or that or the other. And then he looked him in the eye and he said, Peter, who do you say I am? And without skipping a beat, Peter said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Where did he get that kind of authority to talk, not tentatively or speculatively, but to talk 100% spiritually accurately? Holy Spirit. Amen. And he said, true. And thou art Peter. And he said, Peter, flesh and blood. There it is. Flesh and blood didn't reveal this unto you, but my Father only. Amen. This gospel didn't come in word only. It's not just for your brain. It's for your spirit and your soul. It didn't come by word only, but it came in the Holy Ghost. And much power. Can you? It's not just the anointing to preach, but the anointing on people who were going to hear it. That was fault. The Spirit of truth was falling on them. Just like it fell on that pastor that was theologically trained. Amen. Brought up in church and baptized and thought he was ready for heaven until he was exposed to the reality. Amen. That there's more to salvation than reciting catechisms and creeds. You have to meet the master at some point. Amen. And it's life changing. You're not perfect. You never will be till you get home. But it's life changing. A battle immediately begins between the flesh and spirit. And it's a winnable battle. I don't want to see anybody duped anymore. I don't. Dear Lord in heaven. The biggest churches in Ohio. And I got a. I got a. Got a letter in the mail two Easter's ago from that church. Said, "This is Holy Week, Monday, Thursday, Good Friday, Resurrection Sunday. This is Holy Week. A window has been opened in heaven during this Holy Week only. And if you send in your offering during this seven-day period." You know why we're giggling? We're giggling because that's stupid. It's unbiblical. It's unscriptural. There's no biblical precedent for it. It's saying that I've got something from God that you can't find in here anywhere. And I'm reading this and I thought Jesus has risen from the dead and you're merchandising? One paraphrase of... Of the scripture said they lay awake at night devising schemes to separate you from your money. They just want your money. They don't care about your soul. Amen? Listen to me carefully. I looked at that and I thought, Lord, how can Pentecostals keep doing this? I'm not amazed that he is that deceived. I'm amazed at the people that built that church that holds several thousand people. 
I'm amazed at the people that keep following that falsehood. Better check out your so-called leadings of the Spirit. I talk a lot about wisdom here. There's two kinds. Only two. The wisdom that comes from beneath is earthy, sensual. It's of the flesh. It's being led of the flesh. You may think it's God. You may think it's right. But it's of your flesh. And when you're led by your flesh instead of led of the Holy Spirit, you're going to do damage. You're going to lead people wrongly. It's earthly. It's of this old fallen world. It's sensual. It's really just the flesh. The pride of life. And it's devilish. Because once the flesh is in control, the devil can drive. Remember that old song? Don't let the devil ride with you. Because if you let him ride, he'll want to drive. Don't let the devil drive your car. Because if you let him drive your car, he'll drive too far. Somebody said sin will take you where you didn't want to go. When you get there, you'll find out you really didn't want to go there. You think you want to go there, but you, when you get there, you're going to find out you really don't want to be there. It'll keep you longer than you wanted to stay. You just wanted to visit and leave. It don't work that way. He'll grab you. He'll try to hold on to you. He'll try to imprison you. Amen. He'll take you where you don't want to go, keep you then longer than you wanted to stay, and refuse to let you go when you want to be free. Well, here's the deal. If you really want to be free, Jesus came to set the captive free and to set at liberty those that have been bruised. Can you say amen? And I looked at that and I thought it's, it's Easter Sunday. One Christmas I got, I, I went to Christian television and I heard jingle bells and there's nothing wrong. It's a sweet Christmas spirited song. But I was looking for inspiration and I'm sorry, I just don't get it from jingle bells. Inspiration to eat turkey and chocolate candy and open presents, but not to focus where I wanted to focus. I'm looking for inspiration. So I go to the Christian channel on a Christian network and they've got great sets and they're singing jingle bells and having a good time. And it's fine in its place, but... You know what I had to do? I had to go to see him to the country music channel. Not that I'm a big country thing. I'm just looking for inspiration. And I'm turning across the dial. And you know what? Mary, did you know that this holy child someday lead the nations? And I thought I'd been to the Christian channel and heard jingle bells having the partay. And I come over here to the non-Christian channel, but someone has... A Christian song. And I like that song. Jesus, did you know? Mark Lowry. Kind of a Christian comedian type. But when he wrote Mary, did you know? It touched. It touched. It touched. It reached out. And it touched. And it's still touching today. Glory be to God. And I thought it's time the church become the church. When He, the Spirit of truth, comes, He will guide you into all truth. And if you continue in my word... You will know the truth, and the truth will make you free, and the truth will keep you free. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Will you stand today?
Glory to God. How many want to continue in the Word? Glory to the Lord. Hallelujah. We're going to make some changes. We need you to pray with us and for us. Uh, I'll be communicating as things develop, but we're in the process of going before the Lord to seek His face and uh, to have His favor. And we pray that you will pray with us and be patient with us as we uh, consider things that we are we need to consider. I'm almost 70 years old, so I have to begin to, to think about things in the short term, Brother Hobbs. Brother Hobbs sung the other day, I, what is it? I, I, he, he sung a song about going home. I can't remember it either, but I, I knew that it, it tugged at my heart because you and me are in the, up in the category that if we went home, uh, the three score and ten has already been fulfilled yeah i'm trying to think of it too but it was one of those home going i got leaving on my mind well when you get up close to heaven get close to god you start getting that home going on your mind so the time is short we want to use it well and we want to invest it well in the work of the lord and the kingdom of god so be prayerful for us that we can we can uh, we can use the wisdom that comes from above. I didn't give you that, but let's give it to you in closing. Wisdom that comes from beneath gives the devil control to steer you. Even when you feel like you're right, you're going to be doing wrong. That's the deception of it. You will feel like you're doing right when you're doing wrong. And that's the wisdom that comes from beneath. But the wisdom that comes from above is first pure. That's because it's coming from God. It's pure as God is. No variableness, no shadow of turning. It's peaceable. It's peaceable. It's peaceable. It's peaceable. It always pursues peace. And it's easy to be entreated. It's always, always in the sense that that God can lead you. The Holy Spirit can just prompt you. Have you ever had the Holy Spirit just gently prompt you? And you heard it. It's wisdom that comes from above you're operating in. Your old flesh, you can scream at it and it, it's going to do its thing. Heard an illustration. i got to tell it to you. Because I'm a dog person. I love my dog. My dog loves me. We're as happy as we can be. Amen. He's a good boy. He's my friend. <laughs> but in the dog illustration that David Jeremiah used, I believe, it's a good illustration. The way you train that dog to see if he's really committed to obedience, you put a big juicy piece of meat down there in his bowl. And the dog is looking at that piece of meat because everything in his doggy brain... And his doggy body is saying, I want that. And I want it now. Amen. I want it and I want it now. And that, that's a picture of our flesh. And the appeal that the devil will make to us and the world will make to us. But when he's finished a true obedience school, his master tells the dog, no, you can't have that. And the dog either goes for the meat or he's going to go back to school. Can you say amen? 
If he just goes for the meat after his master tells him no, he's going to go right back to first grade. Come on. But if the dog looks up at his master, takes his eyes off, this is the way to overcome that thing. You've got to get your eyes off what you think you've got to have and get it on your master. Can you say, man? And when he looks into the face of his master and says, as bad as I want that meat, I love you and I am committed to obey you more than that that I want so bad. So I'm waiting for you. If you tell me no, I'm not eating it. And if you tell me not now, I'm waiting. But if you tell me to get it, I'll thank you for it. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. 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 Doesn't just work with dogs. Arabian horses, the ones they used in the charge of the light brigade, that movie. They are they they will go to battle. They will they will not throw their rider or turn and run in the face of cannon fire with explosions happening all around them. And the way they get them to that point, they will, they will work with them, and they will not let them be used in battle. It's crucial to somebody in this room. You'll never win your battles unless we get this discipline. Listen to me carefully. They will, they will work with them to obey their master until they can test them on it. And they will take them out after they haven't had a drink for two days in the heat of the desert and put them within eye view and smell of a cool oasis. And the master will tell them no to his horse. If his horse is so thirsty that he bypasses his master's command and runs to the water to drink, that horse will not be used to ride into battle. Because that horse is going to have to obey his rider. Or he'll throw the rider. And the rider will be killed. And he won't finish his mission. This is so important today. The devotion to Christ is our Lord. We've got to get our eyes off that meat. And we've got to get our eyes on his face. Can you say man? And when we do, we're going to overcome the world, the flesh, and the devil. And we're going to live righteously, justly, and godly in this present world. Praise God. Hallelujah. Will you pray for us this week? We're getting, getting to where we got to, we got to just analyze everything and invest wisely. And we want to invest with God's wisdom in His kingdom and His people in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How many got anything out of this teaching today? Glory to God. Glory to God. God loves you. He knows you by name. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Let's just lift our hands and give Him praise one more time. Just one more time. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Father, I praise You. I thank You. I'm Your servant. I'm your son before I'm your servant. And Father, before I'm your servant, I'm one of your sheep. I'm one of your sheep. I'm not just a shepherd. I'm a sheep as well. And Lord, I need the great shepherd to lead me, to guide me, to make me to lay down in green pasture, to help me up when I can't get up. Lord, I thank you for being my shepherd king today. 
I thank you for the times that you have lifted me up when I couldn't get up. I thank you for coming and searching till you found me. Thank you for that, Lord. I'm forever grateful, and I praise you for it. Bless this congregation. Bless them, Lord, going out and coming in. For you're the door of the sheepfold. And we thank you for keeping us in this very dangerous time of deception. And everyone said amen and amen.